Episode 63. I am Eric Berger, joined as always by my co host Ryan Sinitsky, who still has a cold but sounds a lot better. Yeah, I was going to say, just, I mean, it's been, I think, less than three hours since we last heard you. Yeah. I mean, in actual recording time, obviously, it's been several days yes. in motor cult time, <laughs> which we still are figuring out. But yes, you sound much better. I see you've actually switched to a proper beverage. Yeah, Is that a Samuel Adams Oktoberfest? Yeah, it's Oktoberfest. Very nice. I'm drinking a Bauhaus. Um, uh, Wonder stuff forward uh, wagon party wagon party yep, yep that's the one it's reasonable i like uh, wagon party it's it's fine i, I, I love their can design it's I'm like a, better than fair state i'm a big fan of bauhaus because one of the dudes that work that's like works there yeah um i saved him a bunch of money on, on some emergency on his car insurance repair. by switching to car or uh, geico yeah no i saved him a or ton of money by uh, helping him uh fix his car like on the cheap because he had like an emergency breakdown was it and, a TSI? Yeah. Oh, gross. <laughs> and, but I, I came in clutch and I gave him the plug on a bunch of like cheap parts. Okay. Um, and he goes, wow, that's fantastic. I may give you like a hundred beers. <laughs> oh, it's this guy. Yeah, this guy. And so I'm like, cool. Yeah, sure. Anyway, week later, he comes into the shop, completely don't even recognize him because I'm just like, me just it's just me randomly doing something nice for somebody it happens it's all the time in my world yeah I, was, I feel so bad too because they're like oh it's me i'm like Ugh. no i, I recognize the car okay, like after right. after like like i after like after he came in like said hi yeah i recognize the car i'm like oh yeah hey yeah and um he opens up his trunk dude has a hundred beers in his trunk for everybody at the shop three quarters of my shop is sober there, because the boss runs a AA meeting. <laughs> That's not at all. <laughs> and awkward. like a lot of people from the AA meeting, like have jobs there. Um, and so it's like me and like one other guy actually drink. And the other guy that like works there doesn't really like beer all that much. He likes wine, and so he gets like one six pack of beer out of it. So I basically end up with ninety four beers. Um, that I got for helping this guy out. And yeah, ever since then, I've been the biggest fan of Bauhaus because I had to drink it for like eight it's, months. It's really good. I never start with it though. But the, no, that's the thing is, I, it's a I, little too sharp for me. I drank it for eight months and actually drinking just Bauhaus, I thought I was going to get sick of it. I'm not. I actually, now I look forward to Bauhaus. So it's the pizza of beers? It is. Yeah, yeah it's I the like pizza that. of beers. Yeah. It's all those things like the more you the more you drink of it, yeah. the better it gets. Yeah, I can see that. And if you drink that just Bauhaus for eight months straight and you go drink other beer, you'll be looking forward to a Bauhaus. You're like, this is actually really good and like well mannered. It's like it's a little bit more bitter, but there's the definitely is, nothing offensive about it. But it's, yeah. it's a really honest beer, and that's what oh I really like God. about it. <laughs> it's it's not trying to be anything. If I said that in like an artist critique in college, I would have been kicked out of the class. Yeah. It's just a very honest rendition of I no, what you're but, saying, though. Yeah, I know. It's, it's honest beer. It's not trying to hide behind like, oh, it's it's a cranberry IPA. Where'd you get the cranberries from? Oh, we uh, used the wort from the week prior and forgot to change it out, and it made it kind of a weird, bitter taste. So we so said it's cranberry. Never duplicate it? Yeah, so it's a weird cranberry flavor. <laughs> like, you don't get you don't get any of that garbage. You, you get like it's not the happy accident beer. Yeah, it's not, it's not like a happy accident. <laughs> Everything they do is very um, measured, and they it's it's just it's really just kind of well rounded. Sure. Yeah. 
So it, it doesn't try to be anything that's not really. So it isn't a poser beer. Yeah, it's not a poser beer. Good. Yeah. I don't like poser beers. It's really dumb. What, what was that horrible cherry? Um, oh, the, the oh, cherry tart a, that Aaron bought. It was a sour, bought. I think. Yeah, the cherry sour that Aaron what brought. What was that? That it, was the it, worst thing I've ever put in my mouth. It tasted like it could have been a good beer, but it, it wasn't. It, like It didn't ferment long enough or something. It was just awful. It tasted like a cool light with no carbonation that they added a bunch of like red food coloring to and then a little bit of like sour flavor. Yeah. They like put a Sour Patch Kid in the, the brewing tank. Yeah, that sounds exactly good. like a Sour Patch Kid and like one cranberry it into wasn't a cool too bad, light. But I do hope Aaron Stokowski does better when he comes back on Never the podcast. Never bring hint, that hint, awful hint, beer hint, ever Aaron again. Stokowski. But yeah, Aaron, come, come on back to the podcast. Anyway, your time is nigh. Um, <laughs> that was our beer rant. Yep. Let's. Uh, I'm gonna head into my first story. Yeah, let's then. start out with our first one. So we talked a little bit about drag racing on Saturday, and I think we're gonna maybe talk about it a little bit more today. But over the last week, a couple of people from South Africa brought over a pro mod to the United States, and it wasn't at all typical. So yeah, it, I'm seeing it on the screen. Yeah. So if you're watching the video version, I will flip over right now to the story. It's a BMW E92 Pro Mod, which is weird seeing a BMW, you know, livery on a Pro Mod chassis. But the thing is, this is actually powered by a BMW engine. It doesn't awesome. it doesn't have like a Sunny Leonard billet big block in it. This has an <laughs> E34 M5, so like the 91 to 95 M5. It yeah. has one of those in it with a billet block and this thing makes just ungodly amounts of power. There's a picture of the engine right there. That so looks beautiful. Like I said it's a billet block, but it's a stock head. Oh, I'm sorry. The computer's doing things, even though it's probably my fault. But anyway, this thing, it was, uh, what did it run? It ran a 651 at 215 in the quarter. Whew. On, that, a, on a BMW straight six. That's a BMW straight six that is competing with two Jay-Zs and uh, front-wheel drive Hondas. And nuts. So massive. It, and it pulled that, that was its fourth pass, fourth, this many, fourth pass after it got off the boat from South Africa. Not, not only that, you also have to talk about, like, this is a chassis that, has no competition or support for uh, drag racing. Yeah, like to be able to pull something like that off of the Pro Mods, like insane. And it's some four-speed automatic that they've bolted to this BMW engine too somehow. And I, I don't that's understand the half great. of it, but <laughs> that's actually really well. Because I mean, back in the two, early two thousands, when all the OEMs were just like throwing unlimited money into import drag racing, yeah, you were getting like Ford Focuses that make like ridiculous amounts of power and they yeah, were running like, oh like, i didn't know the z-tech could make 1100 horsepower yeah it's well, it like can't. It, it can't <laughs> but uh, but if you throw six hundred thousand dollars under the hood of it it can i but, bet she's got more than 100 grand under like, the hood the, of that car even, even those are like j- just enough to like beat out the grassroots guys what the problem is is right. the amount of money the grassroots guys couldn't compete and, and i'm sure these guys yeah. spent an absolute fortune on this thing but yeah but i mean that's still really really cool that they built that um yeah, i agree and I really want to see – I would love to see more uh, BMW straight sixes in drag racing because, you know, the thing is, you know, that's a very good engine. It is. But nobody really talks about it as much because it's not as famous for – Well, I mean, the, the, the crux of racing. that is this engine, the one that they built it on, mm-hmm. was basically – its entire lifespan was pre-internet. Yeah. And I found that's a huge thing. Even the Murchilaga behind us, that 2002, yeah. largely before the internet. So, like, there isn't – if you go and Google something like that, there just isn't that much information. And these are well-known. These engines, fully stocked with a set of head bolts, will do 1,000 horsepower. They're two Js. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing. Yeah. Same kind of build, iron block, big displacement, straight six. 
but they were they were passe by the time the internet came along. So you're talking about S52s and S54s. So I'm glad these guys brought it back. That's yeah, that's that's really cool. But I think uh, well, actually another thing um, with that pre-internet thing, I think it's more that the aftermarket for it had already right. figured out everything before right. the internet. It was just dine-in back in the day. Yeah, it was pretty low power stuff. Yeah, but I mean like um, pre-internet engines. Uh, you know, the B series engines and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, see you guys later. Um, Bye. The, have fun storming the castle. The Toyota M series. Those are both pre-internet, but they were still, yep. um, they were, they were still, but that's their aftermarket was retro. Though. Yeah. I mean, they had a good aftermarket from the get go, but not like this. Yeah. No, the, the, the Jay-Z is, always did. Those were, those were engines that were available either a in cars that were cheap and affordable, and everybody could afford to muck around with it. Right. Uh, and they were already known for having a certain level. Um, and then, yeah, the the M series and the Jay Zs, those the Toyota M series and the Toyota. Yeah. Um, I suppose Jay-Z. that is worth yeah. qualifying. Yeah, yeah. there's just a lot of M series <laughs> engines. The Toyota M series, uh, those engines were also pretty cheap, mm. and during and the time of the internet, during the time of the internet, and the time of forums. Everybody and their mom had one. Or if they didn't have one, they could get one for like no money. So yeah, especially a seven M with, <coughs> like you were saying, the the head bolt issues mm-hmm. or something like that. I'm sure you could find one that was a pullout. Yeah, and then oh, that's and, my phone. Sorry. And you could you could also get that, um, you know, figured out the internet figured out the the fix for that as well. Um, but yeah, no, that's actually really really cool. I really want to see them do some more stuff with drag racing with the uh, not not just the S38, but that. S52, just unconventional S53s. engine platforms and, and a just, pro I, mod. <laughs> I think honestly, I think I think the NA BMW straight six. That's great. Right. Yeah, yeah, like that. That's an engine that really needs to have more limelight in drag racing. Because the thing is, like a lot of people, yeah, they use it for like road racing and stuff like that. Yep. But the thing is, is that's a very good engine for making power. And all they these, really are, all yeah. the famous modern, you know, tuner, quote unquote, engines. They were known for drag racing before anything else. Right. And, yeah, import drag racing was a big deal, mm-hmm. you know, 20 years ago. Yeah, I mean, the specific output's really good. I mean, it's like Honda. Yeah, but, I mean, like, that's the thing is, like, even if it if it wasn't, you know, that import drag racing is, you know, kind of the thing of the past. It still is a, is a thing, but it's not as big of a deal. Right. That's still a place where you can test that engine, and you have nothing else except for driver skill and engine. Yep. And, like, chassis setup. But, like, it's like any other racing, but, like, really the engine and the driver's skill are the two big deals. Right. You know, you can have the best, cha- you know, set-up chassis in the world, but if you have a 7M NA engine that makes, like, 300 horsepower, it's still going to be a 300 horsepower <laughs> 7M NA. Like, best driver in the world, you're going to be running a 14-second quarter mile uh, with, like, the best 60-foot you've ever seen ever. Depends <laughs> on what chassis it's in, absolutely. But, yes. but uh, yeah, no, what I'm saying is, that drag race, imp- drag racing is that's going to be the thing that says, "Look what this engine can do." Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Especially in a you know tube chassis where it really accentuates the engine. I mean, you're taking away yeah. all the other variables. You know, I I think I would, I would love to see us made in a actual full chassis car. Yeah. That'd uh, be because cool. like an E28 M5 with a billet S38 in yeah, it. Yeah, like that'd be really cool. Because I cool. I think um well because a lot of like, like outlaw mm-hmm. uh, drag racing is really what's big, which is mm-hmm. where you have like a heavily modified stock chassis car so like you see like these Maybe like a 535 then yeah so that, that's why you see you see these like um they the, the small tire cars or big tire cars small tire cars okay. so you see a lot of these like well i guess you could do a big tire too i think that's that's not outlawed you could. but no, i mean like, it kind of is kinda, but i mean they're yeah. not they're not 
tubbed like this. But where you see like the, these like these six second civics and stuff like that, that's that's what outlaw class is. So those are technically big tire. But um, Honda Element drivetrain, what's up? Yeah, exactly. Get at me, yo. Um, but yeah, I think that the uh, this engine would be really, really tight. Seeing that run in uh, outlaw style, like I honestly, what I think would be cool, like E thirty six outlaw build with a flathead forward. Yeah. <laughs> no, with a, I know with an S thirty eight in it, that'd be really, well, really like, tight. I mean, if they have the tech to to build a, a billet block for an S thirty eight, even do it with an S fifty two. I mean, the the displacement's a little bit smaller, but I mean, those are I mean, a stock block. That well, can you take can you can put an S thirty eight into a. You can, but it's a really big engine physically, so you'd run into issues. But I mean, like if you can find something, you it, could hundred percent do it in a drag car. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, so yeah, sure. you you can make it happen. <laughs> you put like, a cowl they, on the hood. They put it straight up and down in here too, so it's like a even an RB. Yeah, or it's, a, a Jay Z. Like yeah, BMW Jay-Z engines are always canted over fifteen to twenty five degrees. Yeah, so, like it's super weird to see one straight up and down. That's I, like, super the funny. first thing that comes to mind is like, oh, I wonder what they did for oiling. I'm sure it's a dry sump and all that. Yeah. But. It's just, it's fascinating. It's really, really cool. It's, it's cool. I really like that people are taking 30-year-old engines and taking the R&D time to make a billet block for them. It, it's just, it's the love for the car. And, and again, I don't know, they don't know what it makes for power, but I'm guessing it's 2,500 to 3,000 horsepower. Oh, yeah, totally. To make that kind of power and that speed, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it ran a, a 651 at 215. 61, 215. I would probably, <laughs> probably say two to 2,500. Yeah, I probably. Think, probably, that's about right. So. It, yeah. Um, anyway, that's all for real drag racing for my for my story. Yes, um, I just actually want to make a quick plug uh, for Randy Stern and uh, Victor Reseda's Vodi eighteen. Oh yeah, okay. Um, so we talked about this when Randy was yeah. on, but I, I I really want to get like some more people to vote for this, you know, because I want to see we what, need that Mazda six to win. The Mazda six needs to win. That is true. I really don't want to see a Ford Expedition win because a bunch of yahoos that are journalists. So all you got to do, that. I'll put it up on the screen here. You go to randystern.net, and it's right there. It's just, right there. Just vote for this Mazda 6 you, button yeah, right yeah, here. Yeah, click on the or Mazda 6 right, this there. One right click, here. Yeah, click it. Click, click it. it like that. And then click done. Then we hit done. That's all you got to do. There you go. Boom. Thanks for taking the survey. There you go. Just go through and like uh, get like a whole bunch of computers and do it a whole bunch of times. Yeah, go to your When I go home, library. I'm going to go open all of my ancient laptops, get the web browsers fired up, <laughs> go to randystern.net. <laughs> we we together need to be the reason why the Mazda 6 yes. wins vote 18. We need to stack that vote. Don't tell Randy we're doing this, but <laughs> we but need yeah, it to But yeah, it win. is uh, randystern.net, and you'll see the it'll be right up there. Um, Should be the first item if you're listening to this anytime on the 24th or after. Yes, exactly. It'll, it'll probably be the 27th by the time you listen to this. Yeah, still. probably. Uh, when is <laughs> Go vote, vote. When is voting in for that? Uh, Gotta watch he it told us on the show. I hope not. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know. Go go back and listen oh, to the rant. Here, here, one second. One second. Uh, voting, voting ends. Uh... <laughs> Uh, Randy, <laughs> come on, Randy. Make Continue this, reading. Make this easier for us. Oh, don't worry. Oh, that, oh, stupid expedition. The encoding. I'm sorry for anyone watching this right now. That's probably so bad. Uh, let me see if I have it in my calendar. Yeah. Well, just assume that's still happening. Um, because he was gonna, he, he was doing the award ceremony. What day? I don't know. I'm looking. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, this isn't good. I don't have it on my calendar either. I need to figure this out. Uh-oh. Well, I guess while you... Uh, well, just 
preemptively know that we're talking about it, go vote. Yes, just go vote. <laughs> go check anyway. <laughs> Even if the survey's closed, just send them an email. Be like, I want to vote for the Mazda Six. <laughs> Randy, we really tried to be good stewards. We tried so hard. Kind of. As far as we're concerned, we tried hard, but yeah. Anyway. Yep. So let's uh, talk about some Volkswagen seatbelts. Yeah. So... But, the year of the Volkswagen, I don't, that was probably 2016, really. The year of the Volkswagen has been every year since, like, about 1938. And when I say this, like, a year of, I'm talking, you know, like, a wholly, really terrible way. Like, not at all positive. So, Volkswagen, they've had the recall for the TSI timing chains. They've had Dieselgate. They got another one. You want to guess oh. what it is? <clears throat> Um, is it the uh, Mechatronic box on their DSGs? No, but they should okay. recall that. This one is because 75,000 of their delivered vehicles have faulty seatbelts. Th- th- that, that's a Volkswagen up. Up exclamation mark. Or up. <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Volkswagen wants to get, I mean, granted, they're a really high volume automaker worldwide, so they get a lot of time in the limelight. Is that 75,000 cars in total or 75,000 models? 75,000 cars in total. <laughs> it's, it's not a BMW. They probably make about 75,000 yeah, models. But the, yeah, but the thing is, is they own they own like a trillion manufacturers that all make three different cars. That is true. Mm. And they're all based off the Volkswagen Jetta. Yeah, so this is a, a, a Polo and Seat Ibiza and a Rona. So, I mean, it is... It, it, it's not just Volkswagen, it's Seat, and it doesn't it, it necessarily looks, affect the United yeah, States. Yeah, it's all Europe, though, but still, that's just, it's more bad news. I still want to just beat Volkswagen up, so. Yeah, no, no, Volkswagen, they totally deserve it, because, I mean, it, I want to beat Volkswagen up. Yeah, no, it, <laughs> <laughs> oh! Volkswagen is one I of those brands this, where, uh, they're one of those brands where, you know, normally I wouldn't, you know, give them so much shade, but, they do this stuff intentionally. I know they do. They just want to... I mean, they're supporting shops like yours, though, intentionally. They, they are. They are. And I get that. Well, no, because they won't let us put a Volkswagen logo on our shop. Yeah. Really? I guess that makes sense. There are companies like that are so stingy. But, I mean, Volkswagen is... Um, they, they're this company that should totally be able to do better. Because yeah. Toyota is, is all, like as big. Your jowls are shaking. Yeah, Toyota's as big, and they seem to be able to get their quality control under control. Yeah, because they probably test things once in a while. Well, Whereas I Volkswagen's think, just like, meh. Volkswagen, I think they do. They test it. They go, that broke. Okay. Carrying on. Should, and then that's should we do like something about that? It's nope. like the fight club scene. Manufacturer detects there's a fault. They take X, the amount of the average settlement, divided by Y, the amount of probable units affected, and if that number is less than the cost of a recall, we don't do one. Yeah, that's exactly that. Also, but I really want to go watch Fight Club again. After I think that. I think there's another added element to that where they then uh, they go, what what is the likelihood of people finding out? Oh, dude, yeah. They they add that in, and no other manufacturer does that. Like other than like early two thousands General Motors. Those two manufacturers, like, it, but that's the thing is like early two thousands General Motors, like you would expect that from them because they didn't like actively um, pretend that they were a nice brand. What I found Fight Club on Laserdisc. Go and buy it. That's two hundred and seventy eight dollars. Oh, Holy dear God. shit! That's, that's a nineteen ninety nine movie. That's why it's from Japan. Yeah, I'm not buying that. But anyway, well, but anyway, wants to buy yeah. Um, <laughs> no, that, that's the thing is like in. If you got like a, a 2003 Saturn Ion in your yeah. ignition 
Smiths, which failed. Yeah, which it will. You kind of half expect it because it's kind of a shit car. But the thing is, it's like a Volkswagen. Like, they go, look how great we are. Mm-hmm. We do all these fantastic German engineering. VW. Yeah, like, it, like they, they're, they, you know, let, they lead on that. They're a really quality brand. When they, really, they are not. They do kind of project like a Highline make, and they really aren't. Yeah, they look at Audi. I don't want to. I mean, compare any Audi to like literally any other anything. You're <laughs> it's me, it's like, just vomit little bits into my mouth. Right a- now. Audi's just it, it's a Volkswagen with standard leather seats. That's all it is. So, um, yeah, I'm not too surprised by that. I uh, yeah, just again, I mean, it's not significant for our market, but I really wanted to bring it up because Volkswagen. Yeah. So we started today with. Um, Prior to even recording, I played a video for everybody that was in the studio. Yeah. Which was hilarious. I I honestly turned to you 15 seconds into this video and I said, is this from The Onion? No, it's a real life thing. Um, it so, is absolutely incredible. Uh, since Elon Musk is not officially the head of Tesla. Any, of board, or, yeah, know. of Tesla anymore. They're putting like other people on and they're trying to get... <laughs> Kimball Musk onto Fox News. Kimball Musk is who? He's Elon's brother. Oh um, so they try to get Kimball, Elon's uh, brother, onto Fox News to talk about um, how he felt about. Um, They're trying to get information about the elect on the board, right? From yeah, him? directly from him. <laughs> and uh, he would give them. <laughs> All he kept saying is, I am so excited for the future of Tesla. Because we are doing Plant a Seed Day, which is March 20th, 2019. <laughs> and I am really excited. It's going to be such an awesome event. Dude, the <laughs> pundit was getting so mad at this guy. Oh, Just was... reiterating, I don't care. My viewers don't care about <laughs> Plant a Seed Day or that you feel like Tesla's doing great. And, and, and Kimball goes, I, I understand that. But really, let's talk about Plant a Seed Day, which is March 20th, 2019. <laughs> And he's smiling the whole time the in, entire a time in a cowboy hat. In a cowboy hat. He's the ultimate troll. Like this is He is Peter Francis. Oh my god, he is the Peter Francis of Tesla. Like if you thought like Elon Musk was fantastic. So proud. So proud. Be be ready for Elon part two of <laughs> Boogaloo. Kimball Moss. High like, five, man, for putting the word boogaloo into this episode. <laughs> that is one of my favorite words. I, I really wish that we could have a direct stream of sound. Tesla, it would be perfect. The electric boogaloo. Yeah, oh, they're all perfect. Oh, you could have like a whole party about it. Missed opportunities. Yeah. Um, and when you start running ads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, can we get... It, I, I suppose we can't really get the sound bite. Uh, it will actually dump sound. I don't know how this will stream properly. but Let, yeah. Let's see if we can get it to happen, at least for a little bit. We don't monetize this for the record. Twitch, please yeah. don't be mad at us. Uh, damn it! Uh, wait, it's four seconds. It's four seconds. Three, two, one, zero. Done. I wish we could downvote that ad. Yeah, just go like some random point. Yeah, like right here. I'm only going to play ten seconds at a time. So he's really excited about Plant a Seed Day. Here, just leave it like this. Oh, it's not? It's not really capturing it, Burger. There's desktop audio. Hold on. There you go. Sorry. Does that work?
Look how livid this man is on the left. Oh, he's so frustrated. We're probably going to get a CND for playing this much of a YouTube video, but yeah. we don't own this video. It's published by Fox Business. He's just so avid about the plant a seed day. Anyway. But yeah, so that that was... Um, He's my hero. Properly hilarious. He's the Peter Francis of the real yeah, world. Uh, Kim, Kimball Musk, uh, he deserves a thumbs up. And If you want to come on the Motor Cult yeah, podcast, if you wanna, we have a seat for you anytime. I, I would love to hear about we will, plant a seed day. We would love to hear about plant a seed day. 100%. Are you going to have to talk about Tesla? Don't care. Yeah. No, tell I'll tell me about plant a seed day. Please. That sounds, especially if it's we can talk about that. We can talk about your cowboy hat and we can drink beer. It'll be and great. I guess I always have questions about Tesla, but I don't care. If you don't answer them, it's if fine. If you don't answer them, I, I, I will talk about whatever you want to talk about because yep. you're Kimball Musk and you we are awesome. We will let awesome. you do a takeover of Motorola. Yes, you can totally Literally do Literally dozens <laughs> of <laughs> and, or a weekly independent sets of ears. Yes, literally <laughs> dozens. Um, okay. All right, so, so we can move on. You remember the BMW Z8? Yes. The uh, very exclusive instant classic from 2001 ran through 2002. Oh, three, they made the automatic Alpina one or whatever. Yeah, that no, car's styling is based off the BMW 507. I was about to say, that was a, re, that was a, mm. a postmodern 507, yeah. Yep, yep. So, um, and then there was a, a good Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee with the Inglorious Bastards. Oh, the Colonel SS Hans Landa. What is his actual name? I know who you're talking about. Yeah, the 507. He's a fabulous man. Go watch that yeah. segment with Jerry Seinfeld and him in the BMW 507. Anyway, there's one coming to auction next week, which is really uncommon. These are yeah, very, those very are uncommon. super rare. Yeah, yeah, this one's red. Most are white. Cool. And the really interesting they thing look great about in this red, car because they've got color matched wheels. This one is provenance. This is one it? was actually owned originally by the designer of the 507. Yes, Count Albrecht Graf von Goetz. Which everyone knows, of course. It's so cute. Well, no, no, actually, um, no, uh, Count Albrecht. I think it's Goetz. Uh, yeah, Count Albrecht, um, he was actually um, a really, really cool designer. If you actually look up some of the other things he made, uh, he made some really cool stuff. And he was also... Um, Reared by Raymond Lowy, who we'll be talking about in a little bit here. Oh my! Um, <laughs> and Raymond Lowy was a very cool designer. Um, but yeah, no. Do you like him more than Jajaro? He's the American Jajaro. Interesting. Yeah, he he made as much cool stuff. Wow. So that that is an absolutely gorgeous car. Uh, Elvis had one. Fifty-two were made. Yeah, Elvis had one. Yeah, yep, Elvis this was red. Yep, yep, just like that. that That's is, what I thought it was at first. Imagine seeing that in 1958. That would have, like, blown everyone. It's like seeing a mirror in 1960. Hey, can, can you scroll up to the t so you can see the guy's name? Uh, Janet, can you bring up his, uh, yeah. like, his history of cars he's designed? Because he's designed some really cool stuff. Albrecht Graf von Goetz. Is it? I can't read that. A-L-B-R-E-C-H-T-G-R-A-F-V-O-N-G-O-E-R-T-Z. Yeah, so he, uh, yeah, I, I looked, I looked him up earlier this week. So I read this independently. Okay. Um, because yeah, I saw it a few times. I didn't give it any thought. Oh, he d designed the Studebaker. Yeah. This, oh, this that makes Stude a lot yeah, of Studebaker sense. Yeah, Studebaker Avanti. Yeah. I see that. Yeah. It literally. So I'm on his Wikipedia, and it says 
it's the table of contents is one early life two studebaker and bmw designs and then other car designs yeah we're interested in the other yeah uh he worked for porsche and consulted to nissan yeah he he made a failed uh porsche 901 design and he collaborated with yamaha Yep, he made the uh, uh, 2000 GT Toyota. Yep. That, oh. No, that no, no. The thing is, all right. So tw- the 2000 GT Toyota yeah. was originally going to be a Nissan. Okay. Oh, what? Nissan 11th Hour said nope. Like they designed the engine and everything. So the car that we unanimously love as much as the Avon Time, yeah, was rejected. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, when it was originally made by Nissan, it looked like a cross between a 2000 GT as we know it and a 240Z. It's like a weird like in between. I really like it how it is now. No, I prefer the old classics as always. I will always say it. Uh, but yeah, no, the, the yeah he designed that, and then uh, honey, I think there's a few other little um, tidbits here and there. He did the BMW 503 and the BMW 507. Yep. Yep. Uh, Studebaker. That's all I'm seeing. Oh, it's just those ones. Yeah, okay. but he did a few other ones. He did the Nissan Silvia. Yeah, uh, that that was it. The the original uh, Nissan Silvia. Which is one of the most beautiful Japanese cars the 60s of all time. One? Yeah, gotcha. that green one. Yeah, we've seen that. Yeah, so he's. <laughs> Thanks to your obscurity, everyone on Motor Cult has seen the 1960s Sylvia. Yeah, it, it's he's one of those guys where um, he, yeah, Count Albrecht von Gertz, uh, he was not as, uh, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for, prevalent. In car design. Oh, not as yeah. ubiquitous, maybe. Yeah, ubiqu- yeah, ubiquitous to like really beautiful car design. Sure. But he designed. He synonymous, was, maybe. Yes, yeah, synonymous. I okay. guess he he wasn't he he's not like um you know like a Gandini or anything where you right. Like, he doesn't every, have a badge on the side of his car. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he should. But yeah, Good no, he told he totally should because he made some really beautiful stuff and he eventually did step back from doing some car design also, and he's a count. So. Yeah, he actually is literally a, a German One. count. Uh, 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 uh. uh he got he got into car design because he um he he was living in Germany and eventually came to America because um uh, probably pro- some issues. No, he, no, he actually um I think he was having like business issues in Germany or something hmm. but he came to America to try and expand his life. Okay. Um and he had designed a uh, Mercury that he built from hand uh, prior to World War II, served in the Army for the Americans during World War II. Mm-hmm. When he came back, he was driving it, and that's when he met Raymond Lowy. And Raymond Lowy said, that car is really cool. He made that by hand and sent him to design school on his own. <clears throat> I think the Mer- That must have been tough being a first-generation immigrant, too. I mean- yeah, honey, can you- can you just um, scroll up and see uh, early life and just look at the na- what the name of his hand-built car was? You can actually look it up. And his hand-built car was based off a 1940 Mercury, but it looked shockingly like a 507. Or, uh, no, sorry, not 507, well, a 503. I mean, it's like Henrik Fisker, the one that did the, the Z8. I mean, yes. he has a very like, – you can you, you can tell. Like, you see a Fisker car or you see a Z8, you're like, oh, it's definitely okay, both Henrik Fisker It says cars. that he eventually moved to Lo- Los Angeles and worked at a car wash and in a factory making aircraft engines. And in 1938, he rented a garage and showroom and modified mo- uh, the Ford Model A and B huh. on yeah. a Mercury a chassis. He built a two-door coupe called the Paragon. Paragon. 
Hmm. Yeah, it, we'll it kept 1940 Mercury Paragon. It was exhibited in the uh, World Exhibit in New York in 1939. Yeah, so... 39 or 49? 39. 39, yeah. So this is all before he actually became a real designer. Um, 1939, not yeah, 1939. Those are just a bunch of jeans. Those are a bunch so of jeans. That's the second picture right there. You can kind of see the 503. It's not on the stream yet. I oh, okay, I'm sorry. It. I hate how you've got to click through seven times to get a decent photo or something. Oh my like god, that. I know, right? But you can see there how that looks like a five hundred three. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, not, you, not the five hundred three. You add a second vertical grill. That's a five hundred three. Yeah, it's got the same skirted rear fenders. It's got the same grill shape, same headlights. Yeah, you just t you take out the Bentley yep. or not? You take out the <laughs> the Bugatti uh, swooping window and make yep. it a straight window, and that's yeah, it's a BMW. But yeah, that's. That's what made him I, famous. I wonder if he might have been the originator of the Hoff... No, it wouldn't have been the Hoffmeister kink. That would have been Mr. Hoffmeister. That would Never really mind. <laughs> I sound like an idiot now that I didn't think that through before I said it, but there um, you go. But yeah, so... Um, yeah, that, that guy was a very, very cool designer. Uh, and his story is really interesting. Very fun. Um, I'm really excited. I want to see what that 507 sells for. Today. Yeah, I think there are estimates on what it might sell for, and I think it was $5 million-ish, maybe more. Who, uh, what auction outlet's selling it? Uh, I didn't actually read this. I don't know. Oh, Bo Bowman's. Oh, Bo oh Bonhams. Bonhams. Whatever. Bonhams. Bonhams. Yeah, Bonhams. Yeah, it'll, it'll, be, it'll hit that. So, I'd say, yeah. if it was like Meekum, so it looks like, like John Strew's personal 507 sold for $4.9 at Goodwood earlier this year. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm guessing this will be more since it was owned by the designer. And it's in red, which is Red like, is a very oh, rare color. God. Yeah, it looks really great on there. Yeah, that that's going to be, a, I'm going to say 5.5. I guess 5.250. Yeah, 5, 5.5, 5.250, somewhere in the, the mid-5 million yep. mark. That's, God, I love that car, but that's not, I mean, no, no thank you. So, uh, before you even brought this up, I yeah. was going to do Raymond Lowy. Okay. As our interesting engineering topic. Okay. By in engineering, I mean interesting engineer. Right. Um, I, I saw your strike through text. <laughs> <laughs> very, very well placed. <clears throat> um, Raymond, I'm away for Jan. I get back to really yeah, getting in, uh, uh, in depth about this. Um, but Raymond Deloey was actually Franco-American industrial designer of Jewish parents. He was Jewish, which is cool. Um, he was born, um, in Paris, um, in 1893. So, Gay Paris. Yep. Let me bring up the Wikipedia page here so people watching can read it themselves as well. Yeah. So his, uh, parent, his dad was a Jewish, uh, journalist from Austria and his mother was just a French lady. Um, and he started out his career by, uh, when he was a kid, uh, making model airplanes. Okay. And he made like one. Operable models or like just uh, like desk side ones? I don't know. Okay. I think some, I think at first they were desk side, but eventually made it an operable one. He made one called the Ariel, okay. which actually went into production as a operable airplane. Holy hell. Like, like he actually made it. It was like, like so good that it actually was like, able yeah. to be used as an airplane. I, think, I forgot like, <laughs> who it was. It was one of the, in like the, they eventually became a really big, um, they, they became a really big mo like model airplane maker in like after World War II, but like, okay. Yeah, like in 1908, like they picked up his design and bought the rights from him and everything. <laughs> that reminds and me, actually, went into production. It was really cool. Um, 
There's been a couple people over the course of uh, history in the last 20 years with uh, BMWs where autocrossers will build their own trailer hitches and literally yeah. Kurt Manufacturing will call them, buy the rights to it, and manufacture their hitches mm-hmm. for the cars. It's super great. So that's my no, it's, um, We have a customer at work, uh, the guy that owns Twin Town Guitars. Okay, yeah. Uh, Andrew You've told me about this guy. Yeah, really yeah. cool guy. He, um, he wanted to get a custom exhaust for his Eurovan. Okay. So it would flow better. So when he's driving like a trailer over the rocky mountains he can actually like accelerate <laughs> and it's like a really restrictive well, exhaust a little more yeah it's a really restrictive exhaust <laughs> from the factory on a eurovan um so he actually they uh i think it was um tectonics actually designed him a jig using his van okay and it, they actually put it into production and it's the only custom exhaust made just for the eurovan and he's selling hotcakes now okay it sounds fantastic so, um, yeah, that, that was a real thing. Um, so, Jana, we were uh, waiting for you to get back because okay. I wanted to talk about Raymond Lowy because oh. you're going to love this guy. I actually okay. thought about you when I was reading him. Um, right. This guy made streamlining a big thing. In I mean, look at that Art Deco yeah. train. Everything that he made. gives me like a chubby. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everything he made prior to World War II. She just came from yeah. the bathroom. Now she has to go back there. Yeah. Thank you, Ryan. Everything he made prior to World War II, <laughs> prior to World War II was super Art Deco, and everything he made after was like super mod. I love like Art Deco. Like it's exactly. I, I knew it's you did. Awesome. I knew you did. And then like mod is also my coworker like Ryan Barton that you guys met at that van show was super into Art Deco. Oh. Yeah, so I, like I, I've told Ryan, I was like. I and Studebakers. Every car I want, I want it to be like Art Deco. Like I want an Art Deco like gangster mobile. Like that's. Oh, you would love his cars then. Ugh. So uh, his probably his most famous um, uh, car that he made prior to World War II was for Hup Mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the extremely late model. Um, let's see here. Let me try and find it. Uh, where is it? Not the hop cycle fender. Motorcult's very good at uh, yeah. enthralling radio. Oh, the the uh, gr- the Graham Hollywood. If you look that up, um, do you it want was, me to do that or Jim? yeah, if if you could, yeah. How do you spell Graham? G R A H A M. Graham was uh, Jan. You'll know the the name. That sounds really Graham. British. I think there's a yeah. Graham something or other in Britain. You you would know this brand. Which one this, is it? Uh, that's all the same car. That looks like a cord. Kind of. Is that not? It's not. Uh, wow. Yeah, but is that awesome looking? Like it's like super. That looks like a melted marshmallow. Jana, look. I love it. Yeah. So this, you know that that's uh, a cord Westchester. Sorry. Oh, that is. All right, go back. Go back. Um, Graham Hollywood. That there one right there. This looks not as good as a cord Hollywood or a cord Westchester, Westchester. whatever that was. Yeah. There you go. But yeah, he designed. Uh, a lot of the Grams that were very late model, eventually, like literally months after he designed this, they went out of business because yeah. they hired him as a last ditch effort. Um, but no, he also designed all you know the really, really um, like streamlined 1950s refrigerators. Oh yes, yeah. he the designed, ones with like the suicide latches on them. Yes, yeah. he designed that one. Mm-hmm. Um, he also did a like a ton of trains. Um, the train he's standing on right there at the top of his Wikipedia page, uh, he designed for the the Pennsylvania Railroad. Uh, we need ca- to get Art Deco trains. I yeah, agree. We- all modern. The one that drives by once in a while, all the, the cars behind mm-hmm. it, that steamer, all super deco. Yeah, that's really cool. Oh. I have not seen that train yet. Oh, you haven't? No. 
But also, we should probably just like ride that train one yeah. time so, all together. Motor cult train ride. Yeah, we could like record on the train. That would be really cool. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. We probably should do that in the we'll, summer. We'll dress all fancy. I need, so, I need to go shopping. Um, <laughs> Raymond Lowy also started designing for Studebaker at that time, uh, making a lot of you know pre-war like just like small mm-hmm. things. Yeah. But he had this whole design firm uh, called Lowy and Associates, and Lowy and Associates employed a woman named Helen Dryden. Um, Helen Dryden designed the interiors of all the um, Studebakers in the 1930s. And so what was really cool about that is she's the first woman that's actually credited for her work in an ad. Because, you know, how we we say like a pin for Mrs. Ryan Sanitsky. (laughs) <laughs> well, you, 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 so I, you know how you still call me that i'm like but we're not even really married yeah. so are they from the 40s i know right but well no so you know how we say like a pininfarina design today yeah so in the 30s interesting um okay. studebaker would say yeah it's a helen dryden interior and people were like blown away because like she was a famous interior designer mm-hmm. that also designed car interiors and her if you look at like a late 30s Studebaker interior versus a late thirties Dodge interior. Yeah, yeah, the Studebaker you can tell was actually something Studebaker special. Was super out of its time. The entire yeah. time was around. Very, very cool. I'm actually. I would like to look in eventually <coughs> on why why they went bust. Yeah. I mean, we're gonna talk That's about that in a little bit here, oh, actually. Great. Uh, but no, keep well, in mind, we've really got to keep this podcast. Yeah. Like, ideally, another ten minutes. Uh, it, it's not gonna be much longer. Okay. So, um, after. World War II, uh, well, during World War II, rather, um, Raymond DeLowey was designing the uh, new style for Studebaker. Um, And with that, uh, of course, during World War II, they couldn't make anything. Uh, So he was just sitting there designing a car that had flush front fenders. Okay. I'm not sure if you've noticed, but on pre-war cars, they didn't really have that sort of thing going on. Uh, yeah, I, I knew that was a big thing with the Cord, too. I think that's why that showed yeah. up in the same search. Yeah, uh, it had, like, flush front fenders. And they they hadn't really made it yet. Um, however, um, in 1947, they revealed their first post-war car called the Studebaker Starlight. Okay. Um, and if you could bring up what a Starlight Coupe looks like. Yep. Um, the Starlight Coupe is actually a really, really cool design because it has a 180-degree wrap-around rear window. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's really, really wild-looking. I think my wild looking. is probably like going crazy on this episode. Such a Studebaker guy. Oh, he is? Yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I could be wrong by a couple things. That first one is a perfect example. He will definitely correct you. Yeah, but anyway, he designed this that. One? Yeah. Okay. Check out that rear window. Like, it's really cool. It's like an airplane. But... Uh, that would have been very difficult to do back in 52. Uh, 47. Well, this one, fine. This one. Yeah, so. that, that particular one's a 52. Uh, he designed that. Really, really big deal. Um, also, that car had a V8 in it as well, which is pretty no cool. No big deal. Um, but that's not really what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> all right, so la- later on, he designed um, the Studebaker Commander Starliner, which was like the Studebaker Hawk and stuff like that. Okay. Same guy designed that. Um, and then... Uh, he also uh, was partially responsible for the Avanti. Okay. Which everyone knows what that looks yeah, like. Yeah, everybody knows the Avanti. Um, even though he wasn't, he was, he, yeah, he was 
recalled to design it. Um, Studebaker soon went out of business after that because of financial troubles. Okay. Um, they just couldn't seem to get their shit together in the 1950s. And by the 1960s, they were really hobbled. They were kind of like Mitsubishi today. Okay. <laughs> what was their Mirage? Yeah, exactly. Or their uh, Eclipse Cross. Their Eclipse Cross. Yeah, basically, uh, I guess the Avanti kind of was, but the Avanti was a way cooler Eclipse Avanti's Cross. Avanti's pretty cool. I still see those a lot. Well, the thing is, like, the Avanti's like the version of the Eclipse Cross, but if, like, <laughs> r- making an Eclipse Cross, you made a really dope, like, GT car. <laughs> they just made a fifth-gen Eclipse that was, like, yeah. still the way wrong form factor, but, yeah, like you said, yeah, exactly. actually good instead yeah. of a crossover. Exactly. Like, if they, like, yeah, exactly. Like they make a Gallant VR4. <laughs> oh yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> like a like a mid-sized sedan that's like a performance sedan that nobody wanted at that point in time. Well, uh, that's a perfect analogy. Well, yeah. So anyway, later on, after um, doing Studebaker, uh, he kind of retired away from doing cars, and then he uh, he made Skylab for NASA. That's NASA's first uh, space station. <coughs> what? Uh, yeah, I didn't realize really he really was... cool. Okay, I mean that that seems like slightly varied skill sets from car design, yeah. but yeah, but no. was he also like a really talented engineer? Uh, yeah, no, he was super talented because okay. well, he also made trains, and so he uh, they wanted so he made trains, cars, and space stations. Yes, planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah, it's planes, <laughs> tra- uh, space stations, trains, and automobiles. Yeah, same sort um, of thing, you know, the gist. But so no, he was a, a habitability uh, consultant. Because obviously the outside was just completely utilitarian, but he designed most of the interior uh, for psychology and safety and comfort because it's like the first long-term manned spacecraft. So they wanted their um, they wanted the astronauts like not go insane. So they actually had an interior designer design the interior. Okay, of it. that's awesome. Um, <clears throat> but I'll kind of list off some more of his other cars. He made you know the the uh, metro delivery vans. From the 1950s? The 1950s milk trucks. Yeah, yes. okay, yeah. Cab over milk trucks. You're talking like the same sort of thing I found, that 48 Ford step yeah, van. Yeah, stuff like that. Okay, yep. yeah. He designed the Metro um, cab I'm over sure van. I've seen it, but... The 46 Continental. Um, he designed uh, Lucky Strike cigarettes. He designed their packaging. Um, all those streamlined trains, he did most of those. Hmm. Um he in the 1920s, his first like big break was he actually designed the the Gessnetner Mediagraph, which is like the 1920s equivalent of a Xerox. Mediagraph. Yeah. So. Um, so he's like a Nikola Tesla light. Yeah, kind of like yeah, he's a Nikola Tesla of like designing stuff. That's awesome. But all right, there's even more uh, because he designed uh, the. You know Sears, you could buy a house from Sears? Yeah, of you course. Could buy, you could I buy think it. my house might have been. Yeah, you could buy a house from Macy's as well. Oh, oh, called what? a Leisurama. <laughs> and he designed the Leisurama house. Looking that up right now. It's I... actually really, really cool. You would love it, honey. Um, the Hillman Minx, the, the Sunbeam Alpine, he designed both of those. The Alpine is one of the best-looking cars of, like, England. The Leisurama is a super garbage one floor Rambler. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Well, it looked pretty cool for 1960. Um, the BMW 026 key punch machine. Uh, and then uh, also, you know the livery on Air Force One? Yeah. He designed that. What? Yeah. Like the one that's still in use today, right? Yeah, the one's still in use today. That like the swooping blue and white with chrome. 
Yeah, that was totally him. And the U.S. Coast Guard racing stripe logo and the Exxon logo. Um, yeah, it just kind of keeps going. Uh, Frigidaire ref, uh, refrigerators kind of throughout uh, his life, he made those. Um, so it looks like people have modernized the Leisurama's interior. And when it's met I didn't with, actually pull up the interior for like, those. But. Just scanning through them, when people modernize them just like a little bit, they look super cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, oh, also, the New York Transit Authority R40 car, which you would know as the New York subway. Oh. Design those cars. It's... <laughs> but I'm, no, I mean, like this guy has just like been all over the no, place. But it's, it's super cool. I like the the gamut that he worked on. That's really uncommon to you know spread that kind of discipline range and so actually make everything right. so well. Oh, right. and then also one more thing: uh, the Greyhound Space lines, sub, sub. the Greyhound lines scenic cruiser. That thing is super rad. Yeah, like this guy's like Raymond Lowy made really really cool shit. Everything he made was fantastic. And I mean, like when you compare like the New York City subway trains for like what they were, like he was just he was told to make it as utilitarian as possible, and he still made them look kind of cool. Dude, I see these Greyhound scenic cruisers, <coughs> and I just hear Detroit two-stroke diesel soundtrack in my head. Exactly, it's they're so cool. Oh, Ooh. I pulled a photo. Yeah, just we there. should make a funeral coach out of one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I like how that's the first instinct. I really do. Oh, um, man, just look at all these deco Greyhounds. Also. Oh. You know, these are what drove through first app. Yeah, basically. No, th- this is the guy. Like, if you think of Have you guys tried what I hate all websites. Why? What is this? Okay, that was scary. Um, I muted it. There's a scenic cruiser. Yeah, that's Ooh, a scenic that's cruiser. So cute. White walls, Ryan. It has white walls. It, all right. So if you've ever, if you're a fan of film noir at all, well, yeah, Venetian obviously. blinds on everything. Duh. Yeah. He basically designed all. Of film noir, the entire genre Bravo. of film noir. I hate are, all old movies, but those are pretty cool. Yeah, but like all Raymond Lowy designs, you if can they find were in film noir in Technicolor. That would be very cool. Like Chinatown. Sure. All black and white movies are garbage, though. No, like Chinatown. I haven't seen that. Oh, it's a great movie. It's a film noir movie, but it's made in the '70s, so it's in color. That sounds excellent. Yeah, it's really good. It's probably way better than Big Trouble in Little also, China. Also, it's got Jack Nicholson in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, so oh. it's, like, super good. Is it before he went fully senile? Yeah. Okay, cool. It, it's, like, him in his prime, like, of, like, being alive. Uh, but, yeah, no, so, like, he's uh, just, yeah, really, really, really cool uh, designer. Um, wow. I think everybody should really just know his name. Because, I mean. I mean, I already figured out his name, but totally. Raymond Lowy. He designed everything. Is it Lowy or Low? It's Lowy, because it's a Y at the end. Yeah, I, I, I actually I had to look it up. But the French pronunciation is L O H. Like okay, I'll take your word E-E. for it. Just confirming. Yeah. It's at the top of his Wikipedia page. I'm still like staring <laughs> at the stricken text. That's that's what I gravitate towards. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Engineering. Um. Yeah. No. Very. Very cool. Oh, it's shit. I forgot to add. Um, the Concord. Or Concord, oh, yeah. uh, Supersonic Jet. Yeah. He did the interior of that. What? The interior? Yes. Oh, my God. And I he, don't know if I've ever seen the interior of a Concord. I haven't either. Uh, he also did the Coca-Cola can. Okay, that's pretty significant. Yeah. That's like the biggest global trademark ever. So, so he, very, very cool guy. Um, that man must have been worth a lot of money. 
insane amounts of money. Yeah. Um, which makes him different than Nikola Tesla. <laughs> do you want to design our can for a soft drink? Mm, who do you work for? We are Coca-Cola. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it a go. Um, did you want to talk about your last topic? Yep. Or yeah, it'll be a right, quick cool. one. So may as well. So we talked about a billet block S38 Pro Mod at the beginning yes. of the episode. One more drag racing item. Yes, I love the, drag racing. <laughs> the Oh, shoot, that's the wrong link. I'm loading it before I pull it up because the uh, encoding really suffers if I don't do it properly. So the Nissan SR20, a really popular engine as far as drifting goes and things like that. Pretty power-dense little four-cylinder aluminum Nissan engine. Some crazy boffins decided they wanted to break the four-cylinder production form factor horsepower record. Why did they choose that engine? I don't know, but they made <laughs> 2,000 horsepower with an all-billet Nissan SR20. So, yeah, that's 1,000 horsepower a liter. And uh, I, I, I thought this it, thing was just a dino queen when I pulled up the... Uh, the it's got to be more than that, because I, I know for a fact that there are B-series engines that make more than that, and much less K-series. Uh, I don't know. That just I, we're gonna have to look that up, but I think it's like this. Given uh, some caveats, it's drag zine. I don't know how reputable that is, but I mean, it kind of uh, that's a lot of power. I mean, no, that's an insane amount of power for a SR20 because mostly bolt. That no SR20 is kind of no. That it's they, a stock casting head, so it's an SR20 so VE. But yeah, anyway, so it made eleven thousand RPM and. Uh, 2,000 horsepower on 80 PSI boost pressure, and they put it in a drag car, and it ran, what did it run, 6-something? ran 6.22 in the quarter. Which is pretty cool. Which I means mean, it's probably closer to 2,500 horsepower, because that BMW-powered one ran 6.60-something at yeah. probably 2,500 horsepower. Yeah, they're about, so that, so, that sounds about right. Yeah, but, I mean, so. that just, that, if that is the horsepower record, it's got to be there by, like, by like one horsepower, maybe, uh, and I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not the authority on this sort of ridiculous billet stop form factor engine, but maybe those, maybe those Honda engines are like a different deck height or something like that. And or... Maybe, maybe it's like the class or something. Maybe, yeah, and, and that could be. Maybe it's it's maybe it's a race class of engine output, not the actual engine itself. I don't know, but anyway, I saw a four cylinder billet blocked engine again that made two. Thousand horsepower out of a two-liter engine at eighty psi. Yeah, that's and crazy. I figured that was worth mentioning. No, it's absolutely worth it. I, I, I think we probably should look up who. Yeah, there's got to be. A, I, I, feel, I really feel like I feel I'm, like that would be ludicrously tough to research. I, I no, I just I feel there's like some hillbilly in South Carolina that makes like fifteen hundred horsepower more. Oh my god, Iron Duke. <laughs> or yeah, an Iron Duke. Like, well, I just took the crankshaft down to my buddy Cletus, and he put 17 main bearings in there. We make three to five horsepower out of them, and we run a 549 Pro Mod stock pickup truck. It's a, it's not, it's not interference. So we just run it up until we get valve float. We ain't, we ain't messing with the valve springs. We got a lot of boost pressure. Close them up. We ain't worrying about that too much. We just got a lot of the bottom end of crank walk, and we got them big bearings. And bearings are made out of leather. We ain't got no steel bearings nothing down here in South Carolina. So. Yeah, we got, we, it's kind of threshold 3,500 horsepower. Find a, <laughs> find a dyno, you got to take the kind of power. You got to go Florida, you know what I'm saying? So, so next year we're going to do an NASCAR episode. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I told Jan I have to take her down to Elko so she can understand. But, like, we really should just, like. Can we go on a warmer day next year? Yeah, we're not going then. I'm choosing the date. Okay, good. Because I, I want to have actual NASCAR time because NASCAR is fun. Screaming 305s. Yes. Garbage. Oh, I love it. 
All right. It was fun. But it, it was it was fun. I think um not the interest of being able to get on with our day. I feel like we should probably cut it. Yeah, we, we we should uh probably get going. It is still Jan's birthday cuz this is still Saturday. Well, uh, day it's before Wednesday. My birthday just lasts 2 weeks, so. Yeah, Jan's got <laughs> Jan's been... birthday was like 4 days ago, Ryan. Yeah, it it was it was actually Sunday. It was Sunday, but yeah, now it's Wednesday. We're still celebrating it today. So Yep. And we're all burned out from our day jobs because it's Wednesday. Yes, it's also Wednesday, yes. Yes, Wednesday. Today is Wednesday. Definitely a Wednesday. Yep. <laughs> our Twitch uh, streamers have now gone down to zero. <laughs> They're all freaking out and like putting pants on to go to work. And they're like, nope, nope, no, it's actually Saturday. Hari, our normal single Twitch streamer, he's now just hanging from the rafters with nah, his computer off. pretty routinely get more than that, but it's probably Hari and Corey at the same time. We have two. So. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's two, sometimes it's four. Anyway, yeah, exactly. Doesn't matter. We're going to keep doing it no matter who's watching. But, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys on Saturday. Thank you, as always, for listening, and uh, we'll catch you for 64. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.